Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 303. After months and months of anticipation, I finally had the chance to visit Perfect Day at Coco Cay and check out many of the new activities and offerings that Royal Caribbean recently added. I'm sharing what I thought about this private island makeover and what I love the most in this episode. Here we go. This past weekend, I got to go on a three-night Royal Caribbean cruise on Navigator of the Seas. And usually when I go on a cruise, I come back and tell you all about the cruise. But this time, I'm not even going to talk about it except for right now and now and now. But we're going to start talking actually about Perfect Day at Coco Cay. This is Royal Caribbean's brand new private destination that just opened up. They had their grand opening May 4th. So this time around, I know I've been there uh, before with some of the uh, earlier changes that we talked about on this podcast. But this time, it's all about the grand opening and what the bulk of what Perfect Day Okay is all about. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I need to mention that Royal Caribbean did invite me to this sailing, which means that I was their guest on board. And so uh, some of the experiences I had both on board Navigator as well as Perfect Day Coco Cay were complimentary to me. So keep that in mind going forward. Now, Perfect Day Coco Cay is what Royal Caribbean is calling Coco Cay, right? That's a private island in the Bahamas. It got redone. Uh, they basically took the island and added a bunch of new experiences to it. Now, not to worry, there's still the classic beach experience, but we'll get to that in a, in a little bit there. Luckily for my sailing, we were there for 12 hours from the 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Now, granted, there's a bit of time that's missing for you know getting cleared for uh, when you, the ship first arrives. And of course, uh, your all aboard time is a little earlier than that. But at the same time, that was still plenty, plenty of time to check out everything at Perfect Day. Now, the first thing I had to hit was Thrill Water Park. Thrill Water Park is the uh, water park that includes a lot of different uh, activities, including most notably a lot of the water slides, the adventure pool, the wave pool, and there is an additional cost to check out the water park. Now, the water park is off to the side. When you when you get off the ship, let's back up for a second. Hang on, I, I should really back this up and talk about uh, the fact, first and foremost, your ship is going to dock at Coco Cay. If you've been took okay in the past and you remember taking tender boats and all that don't worry those days are over now you're going to have a dock there and that means a whole lot better chances of making the island because in the past winds and weather could oftentimes force ships to skip a, a visit to okay but the new pier makes that super easy so when your ship docks there you just walk off the pier it's a very short walk it's not nearly as long as the pier in say costa maya or or even uh, nassau bahamas i think the length of it is probably Roughly the same, give or take, as Cozumel's dock, again, plus or minus 100 meters here or there. But it's it's fairly reasonable walk. The good news, though, is Royal Caribbean does offer tram service. They have these really cool solar-powered trams. And there are trams that will take you from uh, the from where your ship is all the way down to the pier. And then there's another set of trams that will take you around the island if you need to. So whether or not you have mobility issues or you just simply want to save some walking, it's a great thing. Actually, I did this as well. When I first got off the ship, I was super excited and there was actually a tram waiting. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to hop on this thing because I know I'm going to be doing a lot of walking. I probably should save my legs as much as possible. So once you get to Perfect Day Coco Cay, there are three main paths to take. You've got Thrill Water Park on the right. You've got Sandy Lane in the middle. Sandy Lane is basically goes right up the middle of Perfect Day and can take you to a number of the venues throughout the island. And then if you just want to go straight to the beach, if you're like, Matt, I'm a beach person. I want to go straight to the water and, and just enjoy my day at the beach. There is a path to the left that will take you over there. They're all color coded. It's pretty easy to get around. And the really nice thing about Perfect Day Coco Cay is how easy it is to navigate and get around the island. So no matter which way you go, don't don't think too much about it. But you probably should have a game plan. Are you going to Water Park first? Are you going to like the Waste Lagoon Pool first? Are you going to the uh, Chill Island uh, Beach area? You know, th this is the decision to make offhand. But 
I was all about the Thrill Water Park. And Thrill Water Park is divvied up into a couple different areas. First and foremost, there's Daredevil's Tower. Daredevil's Tower is where the most thrilling water slides are available. There's another set of water slides over at Splash Summit. We'll get to that in a minute, though, because the I think the Daredevil's Tower slides are definitely where everyone is going to have the most focus. It's the one that you see in all the photos that has some of the tallest slides in, uh, out there, including the tallest slide in North America. So naturally, I was drawn right to Daredevil's Tower and to try those out. So Daredevil's Peak is the tallest water slide in North America. It is at the top of the tower. It is that large red slide that circles around the whole thing. It offers not only the longest ride, but also I would argue the most experiences in a water slide. You know, it, there, there's speed, there's darkness, there's lighting effects. Uh, there, there's quite a bit that's going on. And by the end of the slide, there you, kit, you catch so much speed that in my case, I couldn't keep my eyes open because so much water was coming back at me from my body. It was great. It was exhilarating, a lot of fun. And by far, Daredevil's Peak was my favorite. I didn't think it was that scary, actually, believe it or not. Just simply because it goes up the tallest, you know, all the way on the top of the tower, I think everyone assumes, and given its name, that it's the scariest, but it really is, it's all in a tube. There's never any really steep drops or anything too, terribly crazy. You just pick up a lot of speed, some really cool effects. I really enjoyed that, and I ended up doing Daredevil's Peak the most of any of the slides. Now, the slides that did scare the living you-know-what out of me were the Dueling Demons. These are the drop slides, and basically, if you've never seen these before, these are two slides in which you enter the slide standing up. So you enter, it almost looks like uh, the, if you've ever seen the scene from Alien <laughs> where they get in to like go into stasis, it's kind of that. You, you, you stand inside the tube, the tube then closes around you, and then the lifeguard on duty will count down three, two, one, and the platform you're standing on will, will, will be removed and you will literally fall straight vertically down. If it sounds scary, that's because it is really scary. I, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not, you know, hamming this up for the podcast. I'm not trying to make this, you know, make it seem any worse than it is. It, I was truly petrified. And when he was counting down, he was three, two, one. If he had after one, if he had said, Matt, would you like to get out of the slide right now? I would have gotten out of the slide. But, you know, afterwards you fall immediately straight down. Luckily, I mean, your body's against the back wall. So it's not like you're, you know, tumbling or anything like that. But that exceeded Matt's thrill threshold. And I just was like, after it was done, I was glad I did it but I'll never do it again. <laughs> it was just like, that was all I needed to do over there. I certainly found my limit. But if you're looking for the thrill, I really believe the Dueling Demons is the most thrilling one of, of them all. Now, in addition to that, you have a number of other slides. Uh, there's the Green Mamba. There's uh, the there's a slide that has like the straight drop. I call it Summit Plummet. That's a slide in Walt Disney World, but it's basically one you just go straight down. And some of the slides on towards the bottom of the tower are a lot more tame. It's great for families, great for kids, or people who just don't want to go on the taller slides. But what I really liked about the Daredevil's Tower slides was they offered a lot of thrill and great speed. You know, one of the things I've noticed on Royal Caribbean slides on their cruise ships is they're not terribly fast. The uh, the Matt Racer on Navigator this season notwithstanding. Um, but these are truly water park worthy water slides. They that Royal did a great job of making them really thrilling and certainly worthy of doing multiple times. I know a lot of people who were coming off these slides, the first thing out of their mouths, like, let's go do it again. And it was really, really cool. Now, over on uh, the Splash Summit water slides, you have more of the family-friendly ones. You've got some mat racer slides. You've got the slingshot water raft slide, which is probably the highlight of Splash Summit. This is a water raft in which two to four people can ride in it 
and it's kind of like the tidal wave on Liberty of the Seas. The difference here is, though, that obviously it's on land, it's a lot longer, and it's a really thrilling experience. Uh, I, I'm being told that's the case because I couldn't actually ride it because I didn't know anyone who was with me there, So, and you can't ride it alone. And I didn't feel like walking up to random children like, hey, kids, want to ride a water slide with me? So I just decided I'll come back with my family or my friends when I have them later. I just, uh, yeah, it was, I was, I was too nervous or too shy to be like, hey, can I join your family and go on this water slide? Just wasn't comfortable enough to do that. In addition to that, there's also a one or two person inflatable tube slide that you can, again, go on by yourself on one or two of you on, on the two person one. Uh, again, that was actually really nice. I thought it was very long, which was great. Sometimes a lot of water slides in water parks I visited tend to be on the on the short side. You know, they're, they're cool, but they're over way too quickly. But these worked really, really well. Now, let's talk about lines, because that's a big topic a lot of people want to know about in terms of crowds and everything like that. On our day, we were the only ship in port that would be Navigator of the Seas, roughly three and a half thousand passengers, let's say. And it was a full sailing, so let's put it at that. But even with that, really the lines were very short. Uh, in fact, the Daredevil's Tower slides rarely had much of a weight at all. The family slides, the summit, the splash summit slides definitely had more of a line, primarily for the for the raft slide. And if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, the slides that can have the greatest appeal, the family slides, are going to have a longer line. But really and truly, it was never that bad. I would say the worst weight that was ever there for Splash Summit might have been 20 minutes. It really did not get too bad. And if you are really concerned about lines, though, if you happen to time it poorly, my recommendation for the slides is either ride the slides before 11 a.m. or after, I would say, 3 p.m. Because the afternoon is definitely the prime time, but a lot of people, a lot of families especially, take their sweet time getting off the ship in the morning. And by the same token, by the time it gets about three or four, uh, families are getting warm. They're getting ready for dinner again. So if you can wait until the, I mean, at the very end for us, when I went there, it was like five o'clock. I mean, I had the water park to myself. There was literally nobody there. So really lines are not that bad. And again, people say, well, Matt, what if there are two ships there? You know, that seems like a lot of people in port, you know, and, and I would add, I would respond to that by simply saying, number one, not everyone's buying a water park pass. It's actually a lot less people than I thought were probably getting water park admission. And number two is that people are doing different things throughout the day. Even if you have a water park admission, it's not like you're spending the whole day there. The nice thing that rail is set up is it's very easy to get in and out of the water park. And I think a lot of people are going to do the water park but then also maybe go do other things around. Maybe go to the Oasis Lagoon pool, go to the beach, do a shore excursion, uh, perhaps even uh, some of the other amenities and activities we'll talk about in through a water park. But the bottom line is lines, I never experienced bad lines at all. So keep that in mind going forward. Now for kids, there's a lot of great things to do in the water park. Uh, you've got the the wave pool, which uh, is continuously going. It's kind of interesting because I've, I'm used to everything I use in terms of water parks. I always put in context of uh, you know my experiences on water parks, primarily in Walt Disney World, because a lot of them are, I think, kind of lend themselves towards each other. And the wave pool at Thrill Water Park, when I went, was continuous. They were just constant waves, which is actually great for kids because they can continuously use it. I had went all the way to the back of the, wa of the wave pool because that was the deepest part of it. I think as an adult or really anyone who's using water uh, wave pool, you know, the appeal is you need to be bobbing up and down with the, with the waves, right? And the max depth, I think got down to, got up to about five and a half feet, maybe five, 10, something like that. So if I went all the way to the back, my feet couldn't touch the ground and I was kind of bobbing up and down. And that was kind of cool. But for my kids, I know it's going to be great because they can actually experience a lot of it. Now I was talking to some other people who went earlier in the morning and they said the waves were, were taller than what I described. So remains to be seen. But 
The wave pool is a really nice spot, and I like that at the beginning of the wave pool, they added these little splash elements. There's just things for littler kids to enjoy. So I think it's it's really a neat addition. Now, something I didn't get to try personally, but I'm sure my kids will enjoy, is the adventure pool, which is basically designed for kids to traverse obstacles, climb around, and otherwise basically find new ways to splash around. There's lily pads they can climb. There's a rope swing. Uh, there's a rock climbing wall they can fall into. It's kind of a neat little area. And again, between that the water, the wave pool, and of course the water slides. I mean, there is a lot to do for families in there. And I, I think that, um, you know, it, go, if the, when I have the opportunity to bring my children over there, I think they're going to have a really, really nice time. No question about it. Now, there's some other things that also got added to Perfect Day Coke, okay? There's Captain Jack's, which is a venue when you first walk in. It's, it's a bar slash restaurant. Now, this is the only restaurant on Perfect Day Coke that costs extra currently uh, to dine at. But all they serve up is wings and fries. So I wasn't, number one, that's not necessarily my favorite food to begin with. But number two, it also, uh, uh, I, I felt there was so much other complimentary food on the island that was so great that I didn't feel that compelled to eat at Captain Jack's. What's really nice about Captain Jack's, though, is the view you get over there. They've got swings. They've got this great, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, porch area. Uh, that looks out to some water. It's really, really nice. It's a great spot to kind of relax in for a drink. Like if you're the kind of person who's not really big into the beach or pool, but want to get off the ship and kind of kind of relax and enjoy, maybe if there's a nice breeze, this is the place for you. No question about it. And by the way, speaking of drinks, your drink package and Voom internet packages from the ship will work on the island. So if you want to indulge in some drinks or you know share some photos from, from Perfect Day Coke, okay, you can do so without any additional charge simply if you already have the drink package or the um, or the internet package, which is really nice. But Captain Jack's is a beautiful area um, and it's just, you know, I would, again, I think there's a lot else going on, so that's why I didn't spend a whole lot of time here, but it is really nice, especially if you're there, if there's a breezy day, there's some great Adirondack chairs on the on the porch, which is really, really nice. Now, in talking about food, I gotta tell you, this is what I probably, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about the water parks and a lot of the other things, but probably the underrated thing I love the most about Perfect Day Coke is the food. No surprise, I'm talking about food here on this podcast. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because traditionally, I was never a big fan of the food on private islands, whether it was Labadee or Coco K. The reason being, I'm not the world's biggest barbecue fan. Like, you know, burgers, hot dogs, you know, grilled corn, it's not my favorite foods. I'll eat it, right? You gotta eat something. But in a lot of cases, we would oftentimes go back to the ship to eat and then come back again to the island, which is obviously a major hassle. So uh, I was really glad to see the the new options, whether we're talking about Skipper's Grill, Chill Grill, or really in my favorite place, the Snack Shack. Uh, there's a lot of great choices. By far, I think a lot of people are going to spend most time at Skipper's Grill or Chill Grill because of the sheer variety of food there. But if you want Matt's pick for the best food, not only the best food on Perfect Take Okay, Arguably, in my top three to five foods I've ever eaten across anything Royal Caribbean, it has to be the crispy chicken sandwich at Perfect Day Coke. Okay, it's available at the Snack Shack. This thing is amazing. If you like the Chick Fil A sandwich, you're going to love this thing. Oh my gosh, I have dreams about this sandwich. I I just I, I need to start eating more of it when I'm there. It is so good. It's complimentary, by the way, which is even the best part of it. So definitely take advantage of that. Also, if you're interested in something a little different. I learned there's a secret menu item, and I use the word secret because I don't know how long it'll be a secret or how long it'll actually be on the menu. It's not listed on the menu. But because Snack Shack serves up already the chicken sandwich, and they have, in addition to that, mozzarella sticks and marinara sauce, you can ask for uh, the uh, the chicken parmesan sandwich to be made. And it's kind of funny because I went over to someone, 
I'd heard from Royal Caribbean that was a thing, a secret menu. So I went to Snack Shack and said, I would like a chicken parmesan sandwich. And the and the the person at the at Snack Shack was like, uh, we don't have that, sir. I'm like, oh, okay. And as I was like stammering to figure out what to do, I could see there were some people in the back talking. And then they were like, do you mean the secret sandwich? I'm like, yes, I mean the secret sandwich. And then it ended up being a chicken parm sandwich. So if you want something different, go for that. But you get, no matter what you order, you need to order the crispy chicken sandwich at Snack Shack. It was so, so good. Definitely check it out. Now, of course, the other big addition to Perfect Day Coco Cay uh, is the Oasis Lagoon Pool. The Oasis Lagoon was added back in March. I got to check it out again this time, and it is still an incredible spot. I'm also happy to report the water temperature has increased quite a bit. It's a lot warmer there, uh, but it's a beautiful area. I mean, if you're ever at a loss what to do at Perfect Day Coco Cay, Oasis Lagoon is the place to start your day because, first of all, it's complimentary. There's no additional cost to go there. Second of all, it's absolutely beautiful. Third of all, it's really relaxing. Uh, the swim-up bar was really hopping. They added a DJ there in May, and that really adds, I think, a certain element of that kind of like, hey, we're having a, a great party atmosphere there. So, and, and, the, and the pool is so large that you can be you know, on one end, you've got the party. On the other end, it's really just chilling out and relaxing. And really, Oasis Lagoon is that good blend of like, you know, a little bit of thrill, a little bit of chill, but not like, you know, going overboard, so to speak. Now, speaking of chilling out and kind of relaxing a little bit, you've also still have Chill Island and the South Beach. These are both beaches. If you are saying, Matt, I want to have still a quiet, traditional beach experience where all I can hear is the, the crashing of the ocean waves, Chill Island is where you can go. And I actually went there and I was like, look, I want to, see, in the name of research, I want to see, because I know there are some readers out there who are concerned and, you know, they, they want to have a traditional beach experience. They're worried that, you know, the water park is going to make it all loud and, you know, it's just not going to be the same thing. If you go to Chill Island and you go at, at really any point in that in that beach and just plop yourself down, all you're going to hear is the water crashing and anyone around you. That's about it. You're not hearing any music. You're not hearing any yelling or screaming. Well, unless, of course, there's some poorly behaved children there, but you're not, or my kids, but you're not going to hear anything from the water park. So the good news is that experience is still very much there. And I walked the length of Chill Island all the way around to South Beach, and that is still very much a part of that experience there. So the good news is, again, you know, if you want, whatever you want to do, there's the option. Really, really designed it. I didn't even pay attention to this until they pointed it out to me. Is that really, you know, the left side of Perfect Day, okay, Chill Island, South Beach, that's the chill side. The right side is Thrill Water Park. That's the thrill side. And as you get towards the middle, you've got that blending, right? Oasis Lagoon offers a offers that chilling experience, but also a little bit of things to do. The Of course, the, the DJ and the pool bar and things of that nature. So, you know, the bottom line is uh, between the water park and Chill Island and South Beach and Oasis Lagoon is it really took care of crowds quite a bit. A lot of people are always worried about that and how crowded it'll be. And I'm telling you, I really don't, even if you had two ships there, I don't think it'll be an issue because there is just so much space, so many things going on that it really, you know, lends itself towards, um, you know, keeping crowds at bay. And it, you know what? And don't forget also, not everybody gets off the cruise ship, which is crazy to me. Uh, you know, it's one thing if you don't want to get off the cruise ship in Nassau, but if you're not getting off the ship at Perfect Day, okay, man, you're missing out because it is just such a cool place to be. Now, I did get a chance to do two different activities while at Perfect Day Coco Cay. Again, these were provided to me complimentary from Royal Caribbean, but uh, they are these do cost extras, so keep that in mind as you're looking to this. And they can all be booked, by the way, whether we're talking about the water park, whether we're talking about the Up, Up, and Away Helium Balloon or the Zip Line. These are all available to pre-book via the cruise planner, and I would definitely recommend you pre-book them. A lot of times there, are, there is a discount for them if you pre-book them during a cruise planner sale, so always look for that. All right, let's talk about the experiences I did. Uh, of course, 
up, up and away helium balloon was the first one I did. I actually never did this type of experience before. I know this type of balloon, hot air balloon, or it's not really hot air, it's a helium balloon, offers, uh, they, they have this a little, in a couple of different places uh, across the United States, but I got a chance to do this one. We went about 330 feet up in the air. It's a really incredible views. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, if you want to see just amazing vistas, on, if you have a, any kind of decent weather, and we had, you know, partly cloudy, it was wonderful. Uh, you get to really get a really good chance, sense rather, of everything that's around you. And uh, it's just beautiful. I mean, for photo wise, I mean, just bring your camera and go to town because you're gonna get amazing views all around you. Now, in addition to that, I also did the zip line. And the zip line was really cool. I've done the zip line in Labadee a number of years ago, but this time, unlike Labadee, the, this zip line, there's three different tower stations. So what that means is in Labadee, you just go, you get on the zip line, you go down and it's one ride and you're done. I know there's also a little practice zip line. We're not counting that one. But in the case of Perfect Day Coco K, the zip line has three different towers and it brings you all over Perfect Day at Coco K. So you start off on the tower right in the, through a water park and you go right over the wave pool, right by the water slides. The next tower will take you on the north side, really, of Perfect Day and go near kind of uh, near Oasis Lagoon and near uh, Splash Away Bay. We'll talk about those areas in a minute. And then the last one takes you right over Captain Jack's, over some of the beach areas, and it, it's it's incredible views. I mean, the thing you always have to remember, I know it's a lot of times when you're on a, when you're on a zip line, you're more focused on like, oh gosh, you know, make sure I do this right in terms of form, but take a look around you. You've got to, it's amazing views over there. Uh, really, really nice and a lot of fun. Uh, one of the neat features is on the last zip line part, so the third tower, when you go on that one, the person on the left side of the zip line will actually go through the fountain. <laughs> and it's kind of, I was jealous because I was at, by that point I was kind of warm and I was like, man, I wish I went through the, I didn't even notice it until I got off. It was like, why are you wet? And my, the guy I was going with was like, I went right through the, 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 the fountain over there. So kind of a neat little addition. Now for kids, I love what they've added over here because Outside of the Thrill Water Park, which has an additional cost, for kids, they've added Splashaway Bay and Captain Jill's Galleon. In both cases, they're complimentary. These are basically water splash areas. Captain Jill's is just purely a splash park. Uh, it, it looks like a pirate ship, and there's water slides in there, which, by the way, adults can go in. I asked the lifeguards. So if you want to you know, watch your kids and make sure they're super, you're supervising, you can still go down the water slides yourself. There's, there's lots of things to splash and spray and all that kind of stuff. And then they have Splashaway Bay, which is a very akin, obviously, to Splashaway Bay you find on the cruise ships. But there's, you know, there's water slides. There's a there's a little pool area. Uh, it's basically all about kids just running around, splashing, and you know, all that good stuff. So, uh, and the best part again, this is complimentary areas. So it's nice for families who just want to have maybe if you have kids who just want to splash around there. It's actually located right in the beginning. So when you literally walk into Perfect Day Coca K, it is right. The Captain Jill's is right in front of you, and I kind of feel like as you. That's like, it's asking for a problem with your kids. Like, no, no, we're going to go in the water park. No, but I want to go here, daddy. No, but we, we paid for the water park. No, I want to go here. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, there's a lot going on there. And I, and I really enjoyed everything that Perfect Day had to offer. You know, and, and this is where I'm going to put, you say, well, Matt, how much did you enjoy it? Because again, you know, this was a, you know, it, it was a, I was invited to be, uh, to, to review this by Royal Caribbean. But I'm telling you, I put my money where my mouth is because as soon as I got off that ship, I texted my wife and I said, listen, I love you, honey. We need to book another cruise. We need to book a cruise for the entire family to go there. And she's like, you really need to go there because we're going back in September on a different cruise. And I was like, we, we, we need to go back sooner. We need to go back like now. And I went to the next cruise office and I said, I need 
the first cruise that goes to Perfect Day that's still available, because obviously booking this close in, not a whole lot of choices. So in three more weeks, guys, I'm heading back to Perfect Day at Coco Cay on Mariner of the Seas with my family because I want them to experience how cool and interesting this place is. There was just so much going on. Everything I was doing, all I could think in my mind is, oh man, you know, this my my daughters would love this. My wife would really enjoy this. This would be really cool to, to check out together. And I just, I needed to get back there. And so I hope that's kind of putting my money where my mouth is here and talking about what Perfect Day is all about. And what I really like about it, again, is, you know, while I spend a lot of my time in the water park and Oasis Lagoon, there is plenty for everybody to do. If you want the traditional beach experience, the beach is there, my friends. And it is as uh, natural and um, uh, really uh, you know, re relaxing as any beach day has been, even before the whole perfect day Coco Cay thing. If you're looking for more uh, exciting things, you know, certainly the water park uh, answers that. And again, with the pool uh, and the ability to kind of go in and out of the water park, I really think there is a tremendous opportunity here. And, you know, Royal Caribbean promised when they built or they announced Perfect Day Coco Cay that it was going to revolutionize what a, what a private island is all about. And that, that's, a, that's a big statement because not only does Royal Caribbean have private destinations, but, you know, a lot of the other cruise lines do as well. And I have to tell you, having experienced it myself, I tend to agree that it really has done that because when you used to talk about it, if you listen to old podcast episodes here on this podcast about Coco Cay or Labadee, I would always tell people, it's, it's, a, it's a beach day. Don't, don't book any excursions. Just kind of go there, find a spot on the beach and chill out and enjoy a nice relaxing day. That's basically what it was. With now with Perfect Day Coco Cay, it just adds such a different dimension to what the private islands are that it's not just a beach day. And I really love everything they've added there. Now, and and to be honestly as as analytical as we can about this, if you look at the cost of Perfect Day Coco Cay, if you want to go to the water park or Cabana or some of the other uh, activity zip lines, and compare that to like Nassau Bahamas or some other uh, island or or port you're visiting on your cruise, I will be willing to wager that Royal Caribbean's prices are a lot cheaper, especially, I mean, night and day difference compared to like Atlantis and Bahamas, but it's a very good value, I feel, when you compare it to some similar options at different ports on your cruise. So, you you know, I, I think if you look at it from that lens, it, I'm, I'm impressed with what they did. And then when you take the factor in the fact that there's a lot of stuff that's included with this, whether it's the Wastes Lagoon, Chill Island, uh, you know, the dining venues, there's a lot to do here that's included with it. And it's up to you whether or not you want to, you know, go for the extra stuff in the water park. But I, I, I loved it. I really did enjoy it quite a bit, even more so than I probably thought I was going to. And again, the fact that I booked another cruise, I kind of feel like shows you that, you know, I was that excited about everything uh, that they offered there. And I, I really loved it. So um, hopefully this, this helps provide uh, some context. And again, we're going back in the name of research to uh, check this out again in a couple of weeks with my family. And I, I'm really interested to see how my kids respond because I'm not sure where they're going to want to spend the most time. I kind of have a feeling we're going to have to tag team my wife and I, because I could totally see my oldest daughter wanting to do more of the slides. Whereas my younger daughter, who's four, maybe wants to do a couple of the slides, but probably wants, I could see her wanting to spend a lot more time. Maybe at splash away Bay just because it's a lot more opportunity for her to kind of run around. So definitely a really cool thing. And, uh, and this is, by the way, there's still something else coming with Perfect Day. In December, the Coco Beach Club will open up. That is the uh, basically a private area that you can buy into to give you a more exclusive 
uh, experience. That's where we're going to have the over-the-water cabanas and some of the other things you may have seen in some of the uh, concept art and things like that. So we still have more to come with Perfect Day, Coco Cay, but so far, I am loving what they've done with this island. Hey, it's time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I answer the emails that you've sent me all about Royal Caribbean. And you can always send me an email by going to, sending it to rather, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first uh, email today is from Cruz and Susan, who writes, Hi, Matt. On a latest podcast episode, you were talking about how the Windjamere doesn't always have hamburgers and hot dogs. When I did the all-access tour on a waste of the seas, well worth the money, by the way, they explain how the food is planned and can change every week. The main determining factors are where the majority of passengers come from and ages of the passengers. If there are many passengers from, let's say, Asia, there will be more food selections for them. When there are lots of kids, there'll be a lot of hamburgers and hot dogs. Susan, thank you for the email. And that's a really good, interesting point, actually, that that does change. And we see that all the time, actually, when cruise ships go to the UK, we oftentimes will see a lot more Indian curry dishes because that's more prevalent in that area. So I, I think you're onto something there. Thank you for sharing that email. Our next email is from Dustin, who uh, writes to us, says, I'm going to Liberty this season November. Do you know the best way to get to the port in Galveston from Houston? I'll have a party of six going on the same cruise. Hmm, party of six. I still stand by my go-to answer, which is any port. If you have to go from the airport to the port or back, any place in the United States, I always recommend Lyft or Uber. It is simple, arguably more cost-effective. It's usually the cheapest option and uh, certainly the most straightforward option that's out there. Unfortunately, a lot of the taxi services just turn me off so much. Uh, it's just, ugh, I, I don't need to go into a tangent about taxis, but uh, at the very least, I recommend that. Now, of course, Galveston is a little more difficult because Houston and Galveston are a fair amount of distance apart, unlike, you know, Port Everglades or Miami um, or Port Canaveral. There's a bit of a distance there uh, to, to traverse. Now, when I went to Galveston back in 2014 for my cruise, Lyft or Uber weren't a thing. That's how long ago it's been. That's how old I am. Back in my day, we didn't have Lyft or Uber in Galveston. <laughs> but these days, they do. And I would highly recommend that. Now, Party of Six, you'd probably have to elect for, like, the Uber XL or the Lyft Black, something that offers you a larger vehicle because you can't all fit in a sedan, obviously. Not the end of the world, but something to consider. The other thing you might want to do, Dustin, is compare that cost-wise to a car service. There are a number of car services that are out there, and you can see which one might be a better option. Both Lyft and Uber have a fair estimator. So just Google, you know, Uber or Lyft fair estimator, and there you can put in and give an idea of what to expect, and then obviously compare that to a car service and see what's best for you. The reason why rental cars is, I'm not rent recommending that, is because rental cars are kind of weird in Galveston. They're like not open on the weekends, and so you'd have to like keep pay for the car to park, which is just silly. So a car service of some kind is probably the way to go, Dustin. So thanks for the email. Appreciate that. Next, we have an email from Emilio, who's from Mexico. He says, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I've obtained many great tips for them. When I first took my cruise, my first cruise in 2015, I became addicted to Royal Caribbean. I've taken two more since then. I'm really looking forward to cruising again. My family and I are planning to get cruise in the winter with Royal Caribbean, but we're starting to realize how expensive cruises get during that season. How can we get a good deal during the winter holidays? Good question, Emilio. Thanks for uh, checking in with us. So really the key to a better deal during the winter, which by the way, winter in North America is, is high season for cruising, is to cruise during an off time of the year. Uh, that'd be number one. Number two is a is a cruise from a port that's less popular. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, first of all, cruise during a less during the shoulder seasons or during times of which there's less demand. The example in winter, I will use the dates of the first two weeks of November, first two weeks of December, pretty much any week in January except for New Year's week 
and even the first two weeks of February tend to be very, uh, tend to be priced much cheaper because those are times in which there aren't holidays going on. So it's still winter, but you can get a lot better pricing. So that's number one. Number two, pick a port that is less popular. So Florida is a very popular cruise port area, but if you take a cruise out of Galveston, if you take a cruise out of San Juan, Puerto Rico, if you take a cruise out of Baltimore, oftentimes you will find much better pricing. Tampa is also a really great example of this. So look for those kind of what, I don't wanna call them secondary ports, but less popular ports, I guess is the best way to say that. It's really what it's about. The other option, Emilio, is to book as far in advance as you can. Uh, if all else fails, the, the key is to book your cruise as early as you can because if you want to cruise over Christmas week or New Year's Eve or Thanksgiving, uh, you know, these are times in which a lot of people have, almost everybody has time off and everybody wants to go on a cruise vacation. So you need to book it as early as you can to get the best price. And that's probably the best way I can uh, handicap that for you, Amelia. Hopefully that answers that question for you. Thank you for joining us here. Our next email is from... Uh, Chris, who writes, I was planning a Disney cruise for our family and we looked into pricing and now we're looking at Royal Caribbean. I started reading the blog and the message boards and listening to the podcast, but I can still use some serious guidance. We're looking to travel next summer with two adults, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. We're based in Seattle, so Alaska seemed interesting because there was no flight involved, but the colder temperatures and seemingly less friendly kid excursions has put a damper on that. It'll be our first time cruising with kids. Any advice on what itineraries you have to check out? Any other stuff you point to us? Thanks for any help you'd be able to offer. Chris, thanks for the email. I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, I'll tell you that the, uh, first and foremost, I don't know that Alaska is unkid friendly. I would, I would not agree with that assertion. There's a lot of great stuff. We brought our kids there. There's a ton for them to do. I mean, there's no beaches. Well, I guess you could go swimming, but it'd be really silly to, but I mean, it's, there's a lot of cool things to do. And I think my kids really enjoyed it. So I would not characterize it as that. That being said, perhaps you're interested in doing a more traditional Caribbean itinerary, in which case it's certainly, you know, can, can, uh, see where you're going with that. In which case, I always recommend for families either the Oasis class, the Freedom class, or even the newly revamped and revitalized uh, Mariner of the Seas or Navigator of the Seas. Any of those choices are really good, Chris. In fact, you know, these days, I really feel like when we're talking about great ships for first timers, I almost have to say if the ship has been recently uh, amplified, so Independence of the Seas, Mariner of the Seas, Navigator of the Seas, and soon to be Oasis of the Seas, these become, they almost jump to the front of the line because of the amazing uh, additions and enhancements that Royal Caribbean has made there. But you're not making any mistake, Chris, by going on any of the Oasis-class ships or really any of the Freedom-class ships. I think they offer a great cruise experience. And I might say, you know what, what you should do, Chris, in typical Matt fashion, I'm gonna tell you to book multiple cruises, you should book a cruise on one of those ships for your first one and then book your second cruise for Alaska, out of Seattle. It's a great experience. I, I would not hesitate to bring my kids there, Chris. I think it's a great it's a great family cruise. There's no question about it. Uh, there are it's definitely a place that I would recommend going to. Next, we have an email from Elizabeth from Connecticut. Who writes, Matt, you do not read to read this on the air. If you don't want to, my husband is freaking out. I gotta read it on the air then. We traded in our Anthem 2020 April break cruise for Grandeur Christmas Cruise 2020. At that point, we would have been on Anthem twice already and never on Grandeur. Is there stuff to do for a 10 and nine year old? Will a kids club be at capacity every night? We know it's a smaller ship, but wanted to give it a try. Just worried about the kids being bored. Elizabeth, great email. Thank you so much. And the answer is no, there's nothing wrong with that. Your kids will have a great time. In terms of the kids club being full, it rarely if ever happens. It's theoretically possible, but I'm telling you that it doesn't, I, I wouldn't worry about that one bit. We went on Rhapsody of the Seas with our kids, which is the similar class, Elizabeth, and had no problems there. Um, in terms of things to do on board, I mean, don't forget when you're on a cruise ship, 
you, even if it doesn't have a zip line or uh, a, a crazy experience, uh, you know, uh, laser tag and ice skating, there's still plenty to do on board. And Grandeur, notwithstanding, still offers a classic cruise experience. So first and foremost, Adventure Ocean is great. Your kids will love it over there. There's still the pools on board that they can enjoy. Obviously, they'll be going to different ports. Um, I don't think, to say they'd be bored would be a misnomer. I, I just, I don't agree with that one bit. I know a lot of people worry about that when they go to a smaller ship, especially if they're new, if they're used to like, you know, like in your case, Anthem of the Seas there. There's still plenty to do. Don't Everything just scales down. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just a, it's relative to, uh, the size of the ship and they still offer a great onboard experience and hey going over the holidays i think is a great opportunity because you know it's built in time off what better way to celebrate the holidays than on a cruise ship and on, on top of that don't forget elizabeth royal caribbean will add in special christmas activities on that cruise so yeah, i wouldn't worry about that at all look at it as a new opportunity for an adventure because it's a completely different experience and trying new ships as you kind of alluded to in the beginning of your email is what i really love as well because once you kind of get cruising and you understand how much fun it is it's really nice to be able to kind of mix it up a little bit and try new classes of ships i think you'll enjoy it quite a bit will it be your favorite ship that you'll have to let me know when you get back but you know i, th I still think you'll have a great time whether or not it, it becomes that way and our last email today is from Chad, who wrote in the email subject, I dare to disagree. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> Chad writes, I was listening to episode 299, the most recent listener email podcast. And at the beginning of the episode, you make the following statement, quote, the goal of RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com ever since I started was to help others have a better Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. And there is no way to help others have a better Royal Caribbean cruise vacation than by answering their emails, end quote. Chad writes, I think for the first time since I started listening to your podcast and blog over five and a half years ago, I must disagree. I feel like the best way to help others have a better Royal Caribbean cruise vacation is to purchase them a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. <laughs> Obviously, this blog is and podcast is always about research and doing things in the name of research. So with this being the case, I will volunteer as tribute in the name of research for you to purchase me a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation so that I can honestly compare and contrast whether having my emails answered is going to help me have a better cruise vacation or having a cruise purchase for me is the way to go. You're welcome in advance. <laughs> oh, Chad, as much as I'd love to be your cruise sugar daddy, unfortunately, my friend, it's not in the cards. I wish I had cruises to give away. I get that question all the time. Like, Matt, can, you, can I get a free cruise? Is there any giveaways? And I'm like, no, but I wish I did. And if I did, I'd love to give one to you, Chad. Unfortunately, I'm fresh out of free cruises. And we're at fresh out of time on this episode of the podcast. Thank you again for joining us here. Uh, if you want to send me your emails, you can do so. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Happy to answer any questions not free cruise questions, but the rest of it, happy to answer those as well. So until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.